everybody. Welcome to the 8-Bit Nerd Church Podcast. I'm Jamin. I'm a guy called Tyler. And we're the pastors at 1208-Bit. Join us any Monday night from 5.30 to 9 o'clock via our Discord channel. Been playing lots of fun games lately. Uh, and now it's 2021. Happy 2021, everybody. Woo, 2021. We're done with 2020. Yes, unless, of course, it is prophetic when it's called 2021. <laughs> 20. Defeated. I guess we shall see how this year goes. Hopefully, better. Um, but in uh, uh, light of recent movie events, we thought that we would mm. talk about Wonder Woman, and we should say straight up, probably going to be spoilers somewhere because because we're talking about the well, yeah, not yeah, only the new, we'll hit on the old movie too, but. We can we can do some we can do some primary thoughts, but definitely going to be spoilers spoilers after just some primary like oh hey there I liked it or I didn't like it right uh, so so first of all we're talking about both Wonder Woman movies we're talking about uh, the first one which came out a couple years ago mm-hmm. and then we're also going to be talking about uh, Wonder Woman 1984 which just recently came out um, on HBO and in theaters. So, uh, yeah, let's jump right into that, though. Um, so my thought on the first one is I really loved it. Uh, one of my favorite DC movies uh, was one of my favorite um, one of my favorite superhero movies in general. I really enjoyed it. I thought that it was uh, it had a lot of different um, ideas that it was playing with and more of like the spiritual realm and like uh, also with like the physical and like how humans interact with that. And I thought that was really cool. Um, we'll probably get in more of that uh, later on in the conversation. Uh, but uh, with the second one is where I started to have a little bit of disappointment come in. Um, Which is amazing yeah. Yeah. because the, the critics reviews are way up there, like way up there. <laughs> like, I think Rotten Tomatoes was like 90% or something. I was like, man, when I look at everybody I know who watches, I know very few people who were super into the second one. Uh, yeah, which there are a few though, right? Uh, I, I think your wife really yep. enjoyed it. So like there are, there are definitely people who are like, this is a great movie. I just don't see anybody being middle ground about this movie mm-hmm. um, is my, the biggest thing for like public perception. You either love it or you're just like, this is really mad. Well, my brother special. tried really hard to find middle ground. He's like, just enjoy it as a rom-com and it'll be fine. I was like, I mean, I tried, I tried. I'm like, I'm watching it right now while you're texting me. I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, since eventually we'll end up in spoilers, maybe we can start with some spiritual application and whatnot since you've already... Oh, that'd be good. That'd be yeah, good. The first movie, because this is Nerd Church, we do get spiritual. Uh, the first movie in general is my favorite DC movie. Uh, well, I mean, Shazam, you mentioned Shazam is Shazam up there in DC. I would go with that too. There's something that I love about uh, Shazam too is typically when... Christianity comes up in like Hollywood movies. It's usually like a, you know, like the dark side of what it can become or like religion corrupting and power corrupting religion and so on and so forth. It's nice in Shazam that you meet a family who like out of their heart for Jesus or so it seems is adopting children, taking them in. Their lives were hard growing up. Now they want to give back. I was just, I was startled watching Shazam. I was like, 
this is nice that somebody finally like <laughs> like you don't even have like the dark side to them that that was pleasant for is just like a out of the abundance of their hearts they give back to others because they themselves yeah. i think were orphans as well right yep it's got that whole token token-esque relationship between the two eh? <laughs> yeah um, yeah no exactly like there's a lot of uh like they they have like the seven deadly sins in that one as well mm-hmm. kind of a thing um but i i think it really it was just a nice movie because they instead of focusing on like this big overarching story of like how this one person just saved the world you know it's just like a it's a it's a city movie you know it takes place in the entire city you get to feel this family connecting and learning more about uh each other along the way um as you're introduced to the characters and uh while you're being introduced to this new superhero you're also learning what this family um has in common what their differences are and it just it makes it really a nice um fun exchange but I, I think that now that I've thought about it more, I actually think that one the original Wonder Woman, number one, um, is actually on par with uh, Shazam. And that's just because I think that Wonder Woman, like the original Wonder Woman, number one, was just so... It had such great action scenes that I can't, like, take away from it. Like, the the amount of, like symbolatry and the fact that like wonder woman wasn't like you know going out there and just murdering the germans uh during world war one right uh she was defending she walked out with a shield and was blocking and like left herself very open to being hurt um we still get to see her be amazing and being able to stop everything that's going on but when she walks into no man's land and just holds up the shield i'm like that is an awesome way to do that just like don't have her like flying in above everyone, just taking everyone out kind of a thing, but a defensive like push towards the Germans, which was terrifying on their end. Um, yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Cool, cool, cool. And, and it had a, uh, yeah, there was a lot of things that just really made the movie pop on different levels too. I mean, mm-hmm. this movie was directed by a woman, right? If I remember yeah. right first wonder woman or was the second one the same person same director yep yeah so you know one of my fears with uh superhero movies based around women sometimes is like how much are they going to like sexualize their characters? oh yeah superhero movies tend to do that and with wonder woman like directed by a woman as well like it, it just didn't have weird shots you know if you go and watch like justice league it's like well let's place the camera right where it doesn't need to be for this shot and like wonder woman doesn't have that granted it has a little bit of an opposite moment where it kind of does all the sexualizing like chris pine but like it it lacks some of the things that i just naturally expected a superhero franchise to do in that department and that was a pleasant surprise to have for them to not over sexualize it um that makes sense. Uh, yeah. yeah, so that was nice. But then, you know, I think one of the things that we've talked about this before, even at Nerd Church, one of the really cool things about Wonder Woman, and I understand that this is not the way that things are, <laughs> but when it looks at Nazi Germany, it, it, it nope. takes a perspective nope. of... Nope. What? Sorry, nah. sorry, sorry. Right, this is not... We just yep. had this conversation. When it looks at Germany, because uh, this is World War One mm-hmm. in Wonder Woman, correct? I yep. always think it's World War II for some reason. 
when it looks at Germany, World War One, it paints it in a spiritual perspective where it puts like uh, a spiritual being who's kind of like got the whole of the country just in its grip and their follow is almost like the spirit of this age, if you will. Right. People yeah. are just blindly following it. And it's not until that comes to an end where suddenly people like wake up and they're like, well, what have we done? Why are we doing this? You know? And, uh, um, apparently it didn't last long if world war two hadn't happened yet, but, <laughs> but it at least, you know, paints a picture of, of spiritual warfare from the perspective that, the Bible somewhat gives with the divine counsel of Psalm 82, right? Deuteronomy 32, 8 saying God separated the nations at the tower of Babel by their languages and turned them over to the sons of God. Sons of God in the old Testament are little G gods. They're, they're spiritual beings that God has made to grant them power. They're seen in Daniel 10 as the Prince of Persia, Prince of Greece, uh, that there are spiritual beings reigning over countries and the way that you mean like wonder woman kind of, Aries, God of War. <laughs> no, that's not what I mean. Like, but but they they at least like paint a picture of in the Bible of spiritual beings granted power and authority over some landscapes, and then they become corrupt and abuse it, and they don't take care of the poor and take care of all that. And Wonder Woman paints a picture. What if like a whole country was under the influence of a false god and started like just following it blindly and just like not paying attention and going with the flow of everything. And that's, yeah, that's a lot of what I, I think you see not only in the Bible and not as wonder woman paints to some extent, but even throughout history, you know, when I think of like the Hutus and the Tutsis, when I think of like everything that happened there, when you read the accounts, it's just madness. It's almost like what happened? What, what were we doing? One lady talks about, I just, someone came up to me and said that the Tutsis were my enemy. They handed me a machete and then I went and killed my neighbors who were my friends. And you're like, there's something like beyond human. Yeah. There's a certain sure, social dynamic, but there's also like a, a spiritual darkness that can't be put into words when you hear stories like that. Yeah. And if you would, if you don't know about uh let's let's talk about a little bit about that just since the rwanda genocide is uh is a massive uh part of history and a lot of our younger viewers might not have heard about it uh just because um it's it's from more of the clinton era uh, administration in the united states um it was during that era um and and it was genocide between two uh people groups of the same area um the hutus and the tutsis and uh as he said these were brothers fighting brothers and a lot of the time uh sisters fighting sisters and it, it was uh horrific the amount of uh damage that was done to rwanda during that time um and we still see a lot of that happen like a lot of the effects of that still carry on to today um and I, and I think that you're right. Um, a lot of Wonder, what Wonder Woman does talk about um, with the spiritual application um, about, you know, what is, where does man fit in with that too, right? Because uh, you were talking a lot about how the spiritual kind of influences man, but where does man kind of take up that? And 
when we as humans, we have control over those things, right? We can still say no to that. But a lot of the time we see the characters deliberately playing into um, what this God of War, Ares, that's in the movie, um, what he is wanting them to do. He wants them to continue to fight each other. He wants them to continue to kill each other. Um, and in the real world, we see stuff similar to that with like the Hutus and Tutsis um, in the genocide, with um, the Holocaust and during World War II. We see, because um, these, I think a lot of the time we forget that uh, the Holocaust was very similar to the Rwandan genocide. Um, the Holocaust was sometimes families killing other families like their their own family um because these were germans split themselves between who was uh jewish and who wasn't jewish um and those lines were blurred a lot so when somebody you know even was spoke up for a jew um or spoke against uh the government um even if it was your brother you were expected to do your duty and kill him or to report him in the very least, which was, in, a, in, a, in essence, killing him. Um, so I think that that one point of Wonder Woman speaks a lot to how humans react to the, the spiritual realm as well, and how we, um, how we encounter it, and what we should do is, is to fight against that, whether that be physical, like in Wonder Woman, may not be the same way, but uh, to fight against it in a spiritual manner, um, to practice, you know, spiritual formation, which we've talked about at Nerd Church, and um, to practice uh, communicating with God, essentially, and hearing what God's voice sounds like versus a another spiritual being's voice, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's just a lot of good things, I feel like, in that first Wonder Woman movie that continue to, to pour into that. And obviously it's not perfect, a perfect representation of what we're talking about. No. Um, I think a lot of the times people uh, hear us talk about culture and they go like, but there's so many bad things. Like, as you talked about, like the sexualization of like Chris Pine, they're showing, showing so much violence and it's like, yeah, but this isn't a Christian movie, right? These aren't Christians making the movie. Uh, we have to find uh, the religious aspects in culture because we want to be able to show people, like Paul did when he walked into a culture, we want to be able to show people through their own eyes what um, what a Christian perspective on yeah. that would look like. And I think Wonder Woman does a great yeah. job of that. And that's what we aim to do on this particular podcast. It's our intersection between culture and faith. And I just, that's part of what I like with Wonder Woman is it it brought at least the image to the forefront in the first movie of what if there's more going on in all of our wars and all of our things where humans are more or less being played. And like you said, humans are still responsible, right? One of the problems that happens mm-hmm. sometimes is when people become aware or like to cast out a demon for the first time. Some people then like default to this, Oh, well they did all this bad stuff and it wasn't their fault. It's like nobody is so possessed to the point that like they have no control over themselves, you know, like there, Mm -hmm. there are extreme, extreme cases like the garrison demoniac that you have in the Bible, but those are rare. And at least if you're a Christian dealing with, uh, the need for deliverance, like you have the ability to overcome it because resurrection is inside of you and the fruit mm-hmm. is inside of you, but it takes extra strength. It's like pushing up against something that's even harder to push up against. Um, it's just, there's so many things in 
in the Bible and throughout history that just Wonder Woman, the first Wonder Woman, just kind of like makes pop. Uh, I actually wrote in the Russian the Rest a little bit on it. Uh, I think sometimes people pick up on the spiritual themes when they're really like, I don't know, just more open to it. Like there was a D.H. Lawrence, who's an English writer. Um, it was 10 years before Hitler became a dictator that he wrote this poem just about like you can sense that something has changed. Like, uh, in fact, I'll, I'll read it. It is as if life had retreated eastwards, as if Germanic life were slowly ebbing away from contact with Western Europe, ebbing to the deserts of the east, returning again to the fascination of the destructive east that produced Attila. At night, you feel strange things stirring in the darkness, strange things stirring out of your still unconquered black forest. You stiffen your backbone and listen to the night. There's a sense of danger. It is not the people. They don't seem dangerous. Out of the very air comes a sense of danger, a queer, bristling feeling of uncanny danger. Something has happened. Something has happened which has not yet eventuated. The old spell, the old world, is broken. The old bristling savage spirit is set in. Something has happened to the human soul beyond all help. It is a fate. Nobody can alter it. At the same time, we have brought it about ourselves by a rare occupation, by an English nullity and a German false will. We have done it to ourselves. Apparently, it was not to be helped. So, like, again, we're looking at the culture and pulling out application. But here's this guy, this poet, who, like, senses almost something in the spiritual, like, it's shifted. And then 10 years later, Nazi Germany is, like, just, you know, one of the biggest yeah. atrocities we've heard in recent times. But, you know, there is a difference difference he's saying like there's nothing we can do to stop it whereas with christ there's always hope and strength to to battle back against it like this has become wonder woman in many ways has become even like a i think like an important call to us today you know with the last few years our nation has been so left and right yeah <laughs> i guess i can use that politically but i can use it in all ways you know like everybody claiming the truth this year the truth this year um and even christians like biting into that these things are truth instead of jesus being truth and in many ways i'm just i feel like i just watched christianity just crumble into this spirit of the age thing where it's like it i can't can't look at the last few years and say spiritual warfare isn't happening in America. Like I, I <laughs> like to me, it, it seems very obvious on a level that uh, is just like pops me in the face every day. Many ways, waking up yeah. every day is almost like you can feel the spiritual weight in the air, the burden of of everything that we're going through. And what's so hard for me in previous years is just like watching Christians go along with it. And claim that it's Jesus. You know, every every movement has that. Every yeah. <laughs> every movement like brings even the evil stuff. If you believe in Jesus and you follow evil, you bring Jesus like right into the evil and claim that he's that. And like it's just it's hard to watch. And I hope in many ways that we're still able to, to shut some of it down, but seeds have also at the same time been planted that you know, you just wonder how long it will be before we have an explosion of sorts. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. America is a, a place that's always constantly, I feel like, in spiritual warfare. Yeah. Um, 
I feel like ever since its inception, there are people that are always trying to um, separate. Like they, they, like half of the country was like, we need God in government, and half the country was like, keep God out of government. And then because, and they both had, they both were Christians. That's I think one of the biggest things people forget is they both were Christian groups, and when we see the government part become more important than the God part, which is every single time that discussion comes up. Uh, that's where we start to lose ourselves. And obviously that's, that's Satan, right? That's, that's the enemy kind of trying to pull the strings. And if we, as humans allow it, if we allow ourselves to fall into that kind of argumentative state of anger and hate towards another, another, uh, another person, um, we're not any better than, um, than someone like a Hitler than someone like the Hutus and Tutsis during uh, the Rwandan genocide. Yeah, I mean, there's there are people I agree mm-hmm. with that speak so hatefully that I don't agree with them, you know? Like, that's yeah. always a pain. <laughs> there oh, is sure. something to be said for speaking strongly. Jesus himself did it, right? Uh, but, like, he also had dinner with the people that he spoke strongly to. So you have to learn that balance between prophetic declaration and loving the human being on the other end. Uh, for me, a strategy has been, I'll make a post that will be strong, but if you comment back, I'm going to do my best to be respectful and loving and even hope to like understand as we, we chat, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think the, one of the biggest things for me when I think about those kinds of, uh, moments right is uh like the strength of like what you're trying to say versus um like how you're supposed to be gentle and kind and peaceful still um and one of the things about that that like those thoughts that go through my head is that jesus um oh i lost it james i lost it it's all gone um i had something i wanted to talk about it's gone it's one of those thoughts i could ramble forever but i don't think i could pull it out uh generally though when i'm thinking about how jesus wants us to respond here it is he wants us to know the person uh that we're talking to i feel like um and know them more on a a personal level when we have those kinds of discussions because when you walk up to a friend and you say something like hey this is a bad thing and here's why um, they're going to respond to you different than if you walk up to a complete stranger and say, hey, this is a bad mm-hmm. thing. And the, the stranger's going to be like, I don't even know you. Like, no, you're dumb. And they're going to respond negatively towards you. Um, of course, like, when it comes to, like, Facebook and stuff like that, obviously Jesus didn't say anything about that because uh, Jesus wasn't alive during the time when Facebook was around. Uh, He's still alive. Well... He wasn't. He wasn't physically like standing in front of us, going, "Yeah, bro." So, like, when you're scrolling through Facebook, man, just like say something, but don't like say something. Like he wasn't like that. <laughs> Turn to the Book of Tyler four fifty-seven. He was like, "Say something, but don't say something." Yeah. Well, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> I just think there's a lot of there's a lot of Wonder Woman has the ability to bring to light. Hey, what if we were to pay more attention to the spiritual realm around us and wonder 
Maybe life isn't as simple as we always think it is. Maybe it's not always just people. And that that's even the picture that Revelation paints, like, perfectly. It's like, hey, look, I'm going to show you a beast. This beast is obviously connected to Satan, but also this beast is the power and control of the government in the world. And then I'm going to paint this picture over here of Babylon. And Babylon is, you know, it's it's all of Rome. It's all of Persia. It's all of America. It's a cycle that happens when things rise up. These things, yes, there's humans cooperating in it, but also there's spiritual dimensions to these things, too, in which there's a whole lot more going on. And when you participate in these things in these ways, you're actually worshiping them and and give it, you know, it's just like, it's a, it's a, John paints this huge picture. That's the point of revelation is meant to reveal. That's what apocalypses do. It's pulling the curtain back to show the spiritual realm and say, check it out. This is actually what's going on in the midst of your everyday society. If you're paying attention. And that's what's cool about wonder woman, even though it's just a tale. And even though it's not, correct in its theology it's still the let's pull back the curtain oh look there is this spiritual world going on that's if people aren't careful they fall right into it now that's always my biggest concern is with christians i expect that the world is going to fall into the world that's just how it works but when you look back at nazi germany like the things that the church did in that time if this was this was the place of the Reformation. This was Martin Luther's country, you know? And then, yeah. and then you just see this like spiritual wave come in, corrupt it. And the church, some of it goes along with it, you know? As, as the, the ones that we look back on today and celebrate like Bonhoeffer and things like that, they were the ones that like everyone was thought like, oh, they're the worst, you know? Like, and, yeah. and that that should bring to our mind, like if we were to look back at today's moment from the future, where would we stand? Do we just go along with the flow when Hitler's like, eh, pledge your allegiance to your marriages on, on the, the sword instead of a Bible and sword. we're talking yeah. about the Holy Spirit and no baptizing children anymore and, and read Mein Kampf instead of the Bible, you know, like. Are we as Christians just be like, hey, well, that makes sense, you know, because yeah. that's what they did. And you're like, how does this happen? <laughs> it can only be this huge wave of not only social pressure, but also just spiritual movement that, that people become blind to. I think one of the coolest pictures painted in The Passion of the Christ, which I've only seen once because, man, that's like the horror film of horror films. It's just too much to take. But in The Passion of the Christ, you know, Mel Gibson's movie, at the end you see Satan like walking around as Jesus is hanging on the cross and just like present as though like this group that's come up before the cross was his doing and he's been whispering in their ears. And that's the way the Pharisees are painted is that they're like kind of whispering in people's ears trying to turn the crowd against Jesus and and bring everybody to like destroy him. And that's the way the Bible paints it with Judas is that Judas was a part of a spiritual plot. He wasn't just Judas. It says Satan entered Judas. Like it's painting this picture of there is more spiritual at play. And as this mob rises up, they all think they're doing this like thing that makes sense to them. Like in their minds, like somehow killing Jesus is like the right thing to do. 
but like the Bible's painting this yeah. picture of like, look behind it. Here's Satan just controlling all the strings and pulling it all together and turning them all against. And again, that's part of the beauty of Wonder Woman telling us, are we paying attention from a spiritual perspective of. Yeah. So of the strings being. So kind of. A, uh, a transitionary uh, little story is uh, my grandparents' church, uh, the New Apostolic Church, uh, came from Germany. Um, so uh, one of the f- fun facts here is that uh, in German, the Holy uh, Holy Spirit is called the Holy Ghost, and it's uh, Heilige Geist, um, because all of uh, the church sermons uh, that were like once uh, every month or every three months, uh, we had to watch a sermon uh in german 100 percent, and uh eventually they got translators in there but before all i knew was like uh holy father holy son and holy ghost and that was it and everyone in the church talked about the holy spirit as the holy ghost um like even in english so when i went to like a christian uh college uh spring arbor university uh Everyone was like the Holy Spirit, and I'm like, "What's the Holy Spirit?" Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was so used to like the Heilige Geist, the uh, the Holy Ghost, and yeah, just a fun story to transition us back into uh, action and intenseness and. It's all right, it's not even been referred to as the Holy Spirit all that often in the Bible. Yeah. Interestingly enough, it's usually just Spirit of the Lord or Spirit. So. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean that's all in the first movie. We spent quite a bit of time, and I've probably restated my ah. hundred times in there. So my guess is we're about to start doing spoiler type stuff now. So if you've been listening, this might be the point. Unless Tyler has more on old Wonder Woman. Uh, the first one I really loved it. It was great. Not much more to say. Now I'm going to spoil a bunch of uh, Wonder Woman 2 for everybody. Let's do it. All right. I'm going to write in the comments on our live stream. We are now spoiling That's good. things. Good We're now doing I spo- think people will be like... Spoilers, so stop listening if you care. So yeah. Jumping into uh, spoilers on Wonder Woman 2. So Wonder Woman 2 starts off, or Wonder Woman 1984, uh, it starts off in 1984, and uh, we see some some fun hijink, old school superhero uh, kind of romp in them all, and it's exciting and fun, and Wonder Woman is just kicking butt, and I kind of like that moment. Uh, one of my favorite moments of the entire movie, probably my favorite, is just that first scene. Uh, the little girl getting thrown across the floor and then falling into some teddy bears and then like winking back at Wonder Woman was just so weird but <laughs> hilarious and uh, cheesy and every type of like good that I wanted to see out of like a sequel. Um, honestly, if they would have made that the entire movie, I would have been so happy. Um, but instead, we got bad rom-com. Freaky for- uh friday <laughs> freaky friday ba- for no reason freaky friday bad rom-com uh, and well like so it, it immediately takes a turn from there uh because then we start to go into right the like the wishing stone and uh the one of the two villains throughout the entire movie um uh gets she likes rocks 
and they find a rock and it has the ability to grant wishes. And they're like, haha, it has the ability to grant wishes. That's so stupid. And then Wonder Woman's like, yeah, that's stupid. Ha ha ha. We should go out and get drinks and then talk about this and then immediately come back to work. And they do. <laughs> um, and then after that moment, the one of the people's like, ha wouldn't it be funny if this didn't like did grant wishes? Oh my goodness. I wish I was Diana. She's so cool. And then she becomes Wonder Woman because she wished for it. And everyone's like, okay, well, that's just weird. But then, twist, there's another guy. And uh, he, the Mandalorian comes in. And the Mandalorian it's, says... It's like Nathan Fillion's doppelganger. Like, I, yeah. the whole time I was like, is that Nathan Fillion? Nah. Nope. <laughs> nope. Uh, Pedro Pascal, one of my favorite actors, uh, also played Oberyn in Game of Thrones, uh, as well as the Mandalorian's uh, Din. Uh, and so we, uh, yeah, we, we get him. And he is a lot of fun. I loved his acting. Um, but he wishes, he uses the wishing stone in a different way. He has this like failing, he's like, a uh, like make more wealth oil tycoon kind of person who just tries to like sell all these people on, uh, on their, on this really crappy scheme to get oil. But then he also finds this stone through some research. It's kind of hand waved. He, he knows about the stone somehow and he steals it and ha ha ha. Ha ha ha, he's got the stone. Um, and then he wishes that he was the stone. And everyone just goes kind of like, okay, I guess that works. But why that? Like, he could have used a different method. Yeah, he could have done the same thing in another way. I Is he... I was confused. Is he a bad guy or, like, a good guy? guy doing bad things or a bad guy trying to do good things or i mean the whole time i just got conflicted as to like what is the motivation of this character so he's definitely more of like the in-between so like he obviously wants to do right by his son he believes that since he was abused we get more of his backstory later on in the movie but since he was abused by his father and had a really rough start he believes that like his son is going to think the same way of him um so he is trying to use this wishing stone to become the best like the most amazing person in the world the best person in the world and obviously that makes him a villain in that sense because he takes control of other people and uh tries to um, by gaining all this power puts people below him, which is obviously going to uh, be a bad thing. And uh, yeah, so his son's like, no, daddy, I love you no matter what. And then he's like, oh, I changed my ways. I'm now a, I'm now a saint. The movie's <laughs> over, though, so we don't get to explore that at all. Well, there was an element uh, of cheese in that moment that was... It was nice to have a redemptive ending for a bad guy in a movie because that doesn't happen yeah, crazy often. But the way but it, it happened, it happened was just very so quickly weird. and like, like in a chick flick kind of way is the feel of. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It was weird. It it was it just wasn't it didn't satisfy his entire story arc. Like the way he's defeated just makes me go like, that could have worked. So here's the thing. Here's how the stone works. You have to be touching it, right? And as you touch the stone, uh, you're like, okay, I wish for this. And then the stone grants it. But they, they go to this guy. This one guy, he shows up for one scene and explains the drawback of the stone. 
it takes away something. <laughs> is it your most treasured thing? Is it what you value most? Who knows? Because people just lose random things. Like Diana, uh, she just loses the ability to be Wonder Woman. She's just losing her powers randomly throughout the movie. Uh, we get go back to the other person, and she, she wished that she could become Diana, but in doing so, she lost all her ability to be nice, which makes her a supervillain, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> She's just yeah. completely. Do you evil. know anything about her? Do you know anything about her in the comics? Because mm-hmm. I mean, it starts with the hunch with her. She's a, a what zoologist of some. Yeah, sort. she works with animals. Somewhere. No, she's a. Oh, like in the actual comic, like the actual oh, the comic, movie, like what she is. She's that. Oh. So I figured when she turned into a cat, that it was going to be like a a science experiment gone wrong. But instead, it was just a side note of she, I wish to be a cat. <laughs> She's not a zoologist at all, actually. Um, In the movie, she was a rock expert. Um, She was, uh, what are those called? No, no, no. She said Uh, at the beginning that she she did several things and that one of her studies was in something related to animals. Okay. Well, well, that's a good hand wave, I guess, to what she does because... she She randomly is just, you know, Wonder Woman the entire time, just with, you know, a more edgy look like oh i can't believe these guys just don't understand my mom and dad didn't buy me an xbox when i was young so i'm gonna kill everyone yeah that was so they don't explain that it takes away something to way later so like when you're watching her spiral out of control you're 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 just like this does not match her character at all like there's nothing yes she wasn't like appreciated by people we get it but she's never had a problem with that to like it, the extent of I'm gonna just start beating people up. So like her character development until they say like it messed her up. I'm like, okay, you should have said that sooner because I've just been judging her the whole time. But also, this is how it messed her up. Like she can't think straight. She can't be logical. She wants right. to be a cat person. Like I, I'm not following the logic here. So when they turned her into the Jellicle cat. At the end of the movie, um, cats reference for anybody that has watched cats. She looked like one of the cats from cats at the end. Um, it was bad CGI. They made it in the dark so that you could see the CGI. That's what my assumption is. Uh, couldn't see the CGI. Why did they make her into that? She's one of the biggest villains in Wonder Woman. Did you know that? That's what I thought. That's even more why I was confused why she's, she seems to be done being a villain by the end of this movie. Yep, I, like, I thought what? they were going a different route with her. I thought they were like, oh, they're going to give her Wonder Woman's powers. Like, even though they... I knew that she was going to be a big villain. I knew she was supposed to be big. But I thought they were going to make her like a Wonder Woman kind of a thing. And then to make her into the cat, they're just like... I wish to be an apex predator. And then she's yeah. just a cat? That's it? And 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 she's like all gung-ho, like gotta serve this guy i like even though like he clearly like used you to get to the stone like it's just right no no logic here what's going on people open your eyes this guy's the only person that's been truthful to me wait wasn't wasn't that guy the guy who stole from you (laughs) 
like, oh my goodness, it ruins me. I hate it. That is one of the worst things. But then I'm getting back to the stone. The stone, and we're not even getting to the worst part for me. The worst part's Diana's whole thing with, yeah. with her, uh, her love interest. Uh, yeah, there you uh, go there. Yeah. <laughs> but I want to talk about the stone. Because at the end of the movie, uh, Diana <laughs> d- touches a guy with the lasso of truth, the guy that has the magic wishing powers because he's the stone, and through the TV, touches people. And do you know why that makes sense? Because they said that that's what was told to the U.S. government guy. I guess, I guess the go- I guess it touches people. That's what I was told <laughs> is that it physically touches people through a TV. Oh my goodness, that is the dumbest thing I have ever heard in my entire life. And, and then and that's how she saves there. Yeah, yeah, because she well, saves everyone. She everyone, you had to renounce your wish. So how many of the millions of people they reach actually renounced their their wishes at the end? Who's the guy that's like, I wish for a million dollars, and then gets the million dollars, and he's like, oh, I renounced my bull, bull. I'm sorry, he did not renounce. Also, are they teleported around? I mean, like at one point he wished that people would just like. I, I need people to be in my building to, to work it instantly. There they are. I'm like, wait, so do the wishes like just change direction of people's lives or does it like like force them into it? Because last time it. it just changed the direction. This time it's as though a guy was teleported into the room. So I well, the missile. Yeah. But what, what just, I was, the nuclear weapons are just gone. They're just gone. <laughs> what I wanted to edit in as a youtube video is that moment where um she's trying to convict nathan fillion doppelganger to to like renounce his wish and make everyone else renounce their wish i was cracking up the wind is so strong in that moment it's blowing she's she's stuck against a wall because it's too strong and in order to make this guy renounce his wish she's just against the wall you need to renounce your wish right now. I know your life was hard. Like she's talking at that level while the other guy's like, oh, yeah. you know, screaming every word he says because he can't hear him. And I, I just want to edit that and post it on YouTube of Diana like talking and you just hear nothing. And the other guy's screaming and then she talks and there's nothing. That's what it would have <laughs> sounded like. Because that's, like, that's what it would have been like. I know. I was like, just... Come on, this is a logical scene. Clearly, like, make her, make her scream. She has to be screaming right here. <laughs> her lasso is touching him. That's how she's able to communicate with everybody and tell them to renounce their wish, by the way. Not that she is touching him like the particles are touching everybody, apparently. But she uses a lasso to touch him, which has never worked in this entire movie before. It's just a lasso. It's just, it's hilariously bad writing. I don't know what happened there. Whoever the writers were for that, stop for a second. Ask yourself what you just wrote before you put it into a movie. What? That is... (laughs) We're a little intense right now. (laughs) No, that is so stupid. That is the... the, I wouldn't even put that in a D&D campaign. It's that bad. Like... (laughs) I pulled some crazy stuff out in D&D campaigns. What? The acting, amazing. The direction, amazing. 
The Themyscira scene, amazing. Most of the movie, what is the writing happening? To prove more of that, guess who's back? Back again. Chris Pine is back. Why? Because they wished him back. Why? Because they needed Diana after like 40 years to be like, oh man, I miss Chris Pine. This was a guy I dated for a week. <laughs> I fell in love with him and he died 40 years ago. But now, man, I wish I could be with him again. So I wish I could have him back. And then he comes back as another Not man. As they another man him- as well. Hallmark movie actor. <laughs> Hallmark movie actor. And guess what? They don't use the Hallmark movie actor. Instead, they decide to show you Chris Pine because you, viewer, are too stupid to understand that that other person, you're too stupid to understand that's Chris Pine inside that guy. I think it's more because they wanted to have the actor Chris Pine back. but <laughs> Yeah, that's not how it feels. Well, it's very confusing. <laughs> In that first round, they like they do that yep. spin around zoom thing, and the first time they spin, it's still that guy, and you're like, "Why am I staring?" What, wait, as, was he just revealed? Because I only caught a glimpse of him a minute ago. He just yeah. changed from whoever he was, whoever this guy is. No, still the same guy. Maybe we're starting to place Chris Pine's face over him, and then we spin around again as Chris Pine. And you're like, "Hang on, like what's she seeing?" And then it takes another 15 minutes before you're like. Yeah, okay, we're doing the cinematography of... <laughs> it didn't make sense until they were like, I know who you are. Yeah. I see who you are. It's like... <laughs> no. So come to that conclusion way too fast. There's no way you would have just... What I do recently that would have caused this scenario to happen where my boyfriend's spirit has been implemented into this Hallmark movie's... <laughs> And they do adult things Mm -hmm. with another man's body. Mm -hmm. Yeah. With no moral conversation on that. (laughs) He's just gone from the world for like a good week. Is he gone? He's just gone. Or did they get out him where they just like shove him down? That's the thing though. If he's in there then that makes it even worse. (laughs) I like to think he's just gone. Like, he just didn't exist for that time because that is a freaky thing. That is weird. That is wrong. The writers, that's why I'm saying the writers did not think about what they were doing when they did, when they said, we're going to make it. So Chris, why didn't he just, why didn't he just come back? The missiles just appeared and disappeared. That's so... Um wrong yeah 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 so, i mean the rest of the movie yeah it was just strange and you know like i enjoyed it for what it was worth i was just like constantly angry at it yeah i just nothing seemed reasonable even like i know oh. superhero movies aren't reasonable in the first place but like even even there's only like three action scenes yeah. in this whole movie like they're that not was great. it. And one of well, the second one was cool when she's like surfing down a desert road, but like at one point there's kids in the road, right? In the middle of a desert, in the middle of nowhere, 
kids on the road, when you have all this desert you could go play in, you have to be specifically oh. in this road. Fine, maybe it's easier to put your soccer ball around, I guess. But when the cars, they're shooting, there's fighting, there's explosions. If you hear that, <laughs> really far away, <laughs> and they're just like in the road, play with a soccer ball, and then the cars show up, and Wonder Woman does some lasso thing, picks them up at like 80 miles per hour, yep. and then fails to like save them well, like doesn't like sling them to safety, instead like spirals down the road, hitting their heads <laughs> over and over on the concrete. I'm like, you would have killed them, no doubt. <laughs> Absolutely no doubt. Like, and we just play this as like, oh, it's a good thing she saved them. Like, they could have saved themselves by just using their ears. Walking away. Just then, walking come away. On. Come on. <laughs> oh, it's so but, bad. Uh, you, you definitely just rolled them over and smashed their See, faces across the concrete. So, like, even when your action scenes don't make sense like that. Yeah. It's like, come on. Well, but Superheroes, we can believe, get beat up. Five-year-old, not so much. Like... They could have sold me on that scene. Like, I could have taken that completely if there wasn't so much around it that already had my disbelief, like, off. Like, I could not believe what was happening in front of me. Um, oh, man, the the jet scene. She just turns it invisible? And then that makes it just stop being on radar? And it makes it quiet? I you know, I mean, we can believe it to some extent because it's magic, but like, where did she get? And then the you can fly it through power. fireworks. <laughs> uh, apparently, uh, it doesn't touch anything now either. So that uh, was a good yeah. joke with the coffee cup part. I'll give him that. Also, Chris Pine knows how to fly the jets of the future, right? No, this is he doesn't. Yeah, so this is this is the thing when you. My parents saw it, they're like, eh, it wasn't great. I'm like, oh, my parents just don't understand. It's going to be awesome. First one was awesome. And then you were like, it's inconsistent. I'm like, come on, Tyler, you're just being critical. It's going to be fine. And then I watched it. And, like, from the first, like, 10 minutes, like, I, I was not listening to any of you. <laughs> from the first yeah. 10 minutes, I just kept asking, like, what? Why? How? Why? What? How? You know, like, because the, like, even in the beginning, like, I get it. It's just a superhero thing. But, like, a woman falls off a bridge and she catches her in this whole city. There's no, no knowing that a woman's just going to fall off a bridge. <laughs> it just happens. And Diana's there. Like she's been expecting this moment the whole time. And then she like breaks into the mall. Don't know how she knows. I guess they do show that she has a bunch of like security cameras in her house yeah. or something, but it's just constant to me. Like from the very beginning, I was asking why and how, and that never stopped. <laughs> yeah. No, it just that's the problem is you're like there's suspension of disbelief that you have, right? That's what people talk about all the time when, when you come to a movie or any kind of like entertainment. There's a level of disbelief you're willing to give a movie. And unfortunately, this movie breaks that so many times that it leaves you just dumbfounded by did they know that they were like in were they trying to like ride that wave of like how far can we push this like suspension or did they just not know that, that, that this was just too outlandish in a lot of areas? Cause they're like, Oh, it's a superhero movie. We can do whatever we want. I, I think that's the route. I think they just thought since it's a superhero movie, we can do whatever, yeah. but it really, it's not, oh, it's so disappointing, but guess what? If they told me that wonder woman three was coming out next week, 
I'd watch. Oh, it. for sure. Yeah. I want to watch. <laughs> no, this this didn't make me give up hope. I just felt as a movie, I was constantly confused. Yeah. As to the plausibility like, of just about anything. <laughs> I'm not angry about Wonder Woman two. I'm just disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to love it. I wanted to love it so much. Like I wanted, I wanted this to be just as good. I wanted it to be better. Maybe that was a problem. Maybe I should have went in with lower hopes, I guess, but I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's even part of the weird part to me about critics is like, again, 90% on rotten tomatoes critics usually catch the things that we've been talking about. Yeah. And like apparently we saw none of it. It must be because they haven't seen a movie all year long. <laughs> Right, they're just like this is so much better than Sonic. This is so much better than Sonic, and that came out before before everything went crazy. Ninety (laughs) percent better than Sonic. Yeah, I actually I thought uh, Sonic was better than this. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I I was okay with Sonic. Sonic had the equal level of like disbelief. The the thing is, I had such little interest in like the movie being good that it just barely making it to a like that's yeah i I liked it that's sonic that was fun uh compared to wonder woman which i was like oh man multi-million dollar like big blockbuster movie with like huge action scenes ended up having hardly any action and was the action that they did have kind of boring and the graphics even like weren't always up to par when there was action. Not always, anyways. No. Like Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter may not be the greatest movie, but those graphics, holy cow, they put a lot of work into that. (laughs) And Wonder Woman, I would expect more from. Yeah, honestly, like, I'm glad they didn't do, like, a huge, like, just some behemoth, you know, person fighting off against, you know, a superhero. But at the same time, man... The fighting scenes were just so weird. The CGI fight at the end was kind of cool with the cat. The problem was all I could see was the bad CGI cat. Yeah. Um, and then, but like the armor was super cool. I love the armor. Uh, they can bring that back anytime. I'd be happy with it. So the, the after credit scene, I don't know if you saw it. Did you see the after credit oh, scene? Oh, yeah. yeah. So yeah. the old woman. Wonder Woman, she walks in and she saves somebody from something, and then she looks at the camera and says, I've been doing this my whole life. (laughs) Come on. Yeah. Was she in the movie somewhere else, or was that her only cameo? So, she's the the other, like, Amazon. The person who had the armor, right? Yep, she was the person with the armor originally. Um, so that's a cool story. I liked how that all worked together. I like that she, being the older Wonder Woman, uh, played that character. I think it, it makes her like fit into the world very well. But looking at the camera, that'd be like Lou Ferrigno in the, the Incredible Hulk. Lou Ferrigno just turns to you and goes, I am Hulk! Like, while we have another thing going on. What? Why would you do that? That was the kind of mall happy campy stuff you were looking for Tyler. no that's fine that's not that's too much <laughs> that's the opposite side i want like toby mcguire spider-man cheese not not like saturday morning 
cartoon cheese. Not like X Men Saturday morning. Like I don't want to see like the I don't know. I, that's like the dollar store version of what I wanted. Well, uh, before we close out, do we have any spiritual application from the second one other than our massive amounts of? Be careful. Here? I think. What you wish you for. Go. Yeah. Well, I mean that was too obvious of a message for us i think to feel like we have to explain <laughs> that was their message that was it be careful yeah. what you wish for. uh and you can't even say like power corrupts because apparently the like stone was the one corrupt. i don't know i again i'm confused but obviously power corrupts but uh there's also i think the only thing that really stuck out to me was chris pine thinking that 1984 was technology technologically advanced you know like those were the funny scenes him like getting on an escalator be like what is this you know i was like wow yeah just imagine if someone came back in 2020 just 40 years later they'd be like hand him a cell phone what are you know like that so that that stuck out to me i don't know if i have spiritual application other than it made me wonder like how much unfortunately i don't get the technology but yeah I, yeah. I, yeah, I just don't have a spiritual application for Wonder Woman 2. There's just none. I think in this case, you know, the, like you said, there's, like, acting was good, all that. Even Kristen Wiig. Someone asked me, like, how is Kristen Wiig? I'm like, her acting was fine. Her character. She was a good actor. I don't normally like her acting. She was a good actor. Her, yeah. Her, yeah, well, I was like, Kristen Wiig is a bad guy. How's that going to work? And I thought she did fine. But, like, from a character perspective, there's only so much that she could do like it yeah kind of, it's hard to the writing, the writing just wasn't there unfortunately <laughs> yeah and unfortunately yeah unfortunately the writing's got to be solid on these movies the writing's got to like be where everything comes back to so when it's off it throws the entire movie off unfortunately because everything else was there it's like the new star wars movies a lot of people's critique with the new star wars movies is the same thing you know it looks cool it feels like Star Wars. Doesn't have the writing we want, though. It's unfortunate. Yeah. Well, uh, then I guess with that, we leave you with A, plenty of spiritual takeaways from the first movie, and B, next to nothing from the second. <laughs> <laughs> Except for <laughs> our upsetness with our review of we, we still would watch another and Yep. You know, it's not the worst thing we've ever seen, but it's lots of questions. Uh, otherwise, this has been the 12 Away Fit Nerd Church podcast, and Tyler will lead us out with his strange expression of the week. I like cookies. I like milk. Stay funky fresh and dip yourself a glass. Yeah. yeah that's the one.